Hello, I'm Mike Lindell, inventor of my pillow, here to tell you about my Giza Dream bed sheets. I made sure that they would be everything you'd ever want in a sheet set. I started with the world's finest cotton called Giza. It's only grown in a region where the Sahara Desert, the Nile River, and the Mediterranean Sea all meet. The long staple cotton makes my Giza Dream sheets ultra soft and durable. They come with extra wide pillowcases to fit over any pillow and extra deep pockets to fit over any mattress. Not only that, they come with my 60-day money-back guarantee and a 10-year warranty. And now you can get the best sheets ever for the best price ever. When you buy one of my Giza Dream bed sheet sets, you'll get another one absolutely free. I personally guarantee that they'll be the most comfortable sheets you'll ever own. Go to MyPillow.com and click on the Radio Listener Specials for the buy one, get one free offer on Giza Sheets. All you got to do, Renegade Nation, is enter the promo code RENEGADE or call 1-800-889-6817 for these great specials. That's 1-800-889-6817. Use the promo code RENEGADE. Please be aware, the stories, theories, reenactments, and language in this podcast are of an adult nature and can be considered disturbing, frightening, and in some cases, even offensive. Listener discretion is therefore advised. Welcome, heathens. Welcome to the world of the weird and unexplained. I am your host, Nicole Delacroix, and together we will be investigating stories about the things that go bump in the night, frighteningly imagined creatures, supernatural beings, and even some unsolved mysteries, but I promise all sorts of weirdness. So, sit back, grab your favorite drink, and prepare to be transported to today's dark enigma. And on today's Dark Enigma, well, we are dwindling down those listener suggestions, so if you have a story that you want to hear or share, hit me up. With that said, we will still be playing our drinking game, and as you know, the drinking game is only for those of us that are at home and have nowhere else to go tonight. The choice of libation, as always, my darlings, is yours, so choose your poison accordingly. All right, now for the game part. How about every time I say Vietnam? That will be a single shot. And every time I say creature, that's going to be a double shot. All right, now that we have our business end out of the way, we can jump headfirst into today's dark enigma. So don your best fatigues and grab your bug spray because we're heading for the jungle, baby, with our bizarre and mysterious encounters from the Vietnam War. Yay! Wartime has always proved to be a wellspring of amazing tales and strange experiences. History is rife with such accounts, and it seems that the fog of combat can produce some truly bizarre stories. Often these accounts and reports go well off into the world of the weird, with wars producing their fair share of tales of the odd and unexplained. And the Vietnam War was no different, and there are among all of the combat lodged deep within the remote, dangerous jungles, permeated by gun smoke, 
blood, mosquitoes, and the cacophony of war are strange encounters with things that just should not exist. It seems soldiers deployed to these wildernesses had more to fear than just the human enemy, as the Vietnam War is rife with alleged encounters and sightings of a myriad of strange beasts and entities, ranging from mysterious undiscovered beasts to otherworldly beings, to things which quite frankly defy classification itself. Here, we're going to listen to a few of those very strange underbelly of the Vietnam conflict that shows sometimes war can be terrifying in more ways than one. By far, the most reported on encounters with strange creatures during the Vietnam War are those dealing with an apparent race of hairy humanoids in the forests, which were known locally as the Ngui Rung, or the People of the Forest, as well as the Batut and Ujit. Yeah, I'm really bad with the Vietnam names, so go ahead and make fun of me. I already know I screwed it. I already know I screwed them up, so whatever. These were hairy, ape-like creatures covered in reddish hair and typically reported as being very muscular and around five feet in height, with distinctively ape-like features. Okay, I'm going to say that that description is pretty damn scary. Sounds like a couple of guys I know. Just saying. Anyways. The problem is, Vietnam has no wild apes. These creatures were widely reported by both American forces in the Vietnamese jungles, who called them rock apes, due to their purported habit of throwing rocks, as well as by the Viet Cong Army. The reports of encountering these creatures during the Vietnam War, and even confronting them, are many, and this is a topic that has been covered in depth. Yet, rock apes are certainly not the only strange creatures to haunt troops during the Vietnam War, and such encounters run the range from the odd to the downright otherworldly. Many accounts are similarly to the case of the rock apes, of a decidedly cryptozoological nature. One such account was reported in the book, Very Crazy, G.I., Strange But True Stories of the Vietnam War from 2001 in which combat veteran and Arthur Craig P.J. Jorgensen details a wide range of strange encounters and phenomena during the war. One of these accounts concerns what can only be described as some sort of sea serpent. The report comes from a Vietnam veteran by the name of Craig Thompson from Coeur d'Alene, Idaho who served with the Company B, 2nd Battalion of the 503rd Parachute Infantry Regiment and the 173rd Airborne Brigade as a sergeant. Thompson reported that one day, he and his platoon had been bathing in the Bong Son River when some startled soldiers pointed out that there was an enormous serpentine creature swimming through the water in an undulating manner towards them. The creature was described as being around 30 feet in length, 2 feet wide, with a huge square head and covered with golden scales that glistened and glimmered in the sunlight. Along its body was said to be a dorsal plume of some sort that jutted from the water as it swam and which was a dark reddish color. 
Considering the bizarre, very large creature was headed straight for them, the panicked men hurried hurriedly ex- exited the water, and some of them went for their weapons in an attempt to fire upon it. But the strange beast sunk beneath the murky water and disappeared before they had a chance. Thompson would spend many years puzzling over this sighting, and would later come to the conclusion that what they had seen was perhaps a giant oarfish that had wandered into the river. With the oarfish being a long serpentine fish, which can grow up to about 36 feet in length, and it's often mistaken for sea serpents. The oarfish also has a dorsal plume of sorts in the form of a dorsal crest, and in some respects seems to match the description given by Thompson. However, the golden coloration in the report is not consistent with an oarfish. And additionally, oarfish are deep sea fish, which are not known to venture into fresh water and are only very rarely seen near the surface at all. Cryptozoologist Carl Schuker has expressed doubt that what Thompson had seen was an oarfish, partly because of the dramatic habitat difference and coloration, and also because oarfish are not known to swim at the surface with their crests extending above the water. Schuker has suggested that the creature could have been a species of moray eel, which apparently do occasionally venture up rivers, and of which some species have a coloration that might be described as golden, but also points out that these eels are much smaller than what was described, and do not have any sort of high dorsal crest. So the mystery of what Thompson and his platoon mates saw, well, remains. There were also reports during the Vietnam War of spiders, far larger than any known in the region. One such report comes from a comment on the website Cryptomundo in 2013 in response to a post by cryptozoologist Lauren Coleman entitled Camel Spiders and Other Alleged Giant Spiders. The commenter, who goes by the name Mr. Maxima, claimed that his father-in-law had been in a five-mound scout unit during the war and that while out in the jungle had seen enormous spiders described as having bodies the size of dinner plates with 20 to 30 inch leg spans. Now I'm going to pause for a minute here and just tell you that I don't like snakes. I don't like bugs. I, however, do like spiders. They don't bother me. In fact, when they come into my house, I'm very keen on getting a glass, putting them in the glass, and getting them back outside. I don't have a problem with spiders, mostly because spiders eat other bugs. But I will tell you, when they start to get a little bit big, I'm not so keen on having them in my house, and I will shoo them out the door. I'm not really scared of them, but, you know, when they start to get a little bit bigger, and especially I'm in Georgia, so we have the brown recluse down here, I worry that they might bite me. And, you know, as much as I tell people to bite me, I really don't want to be bitten. Just, you know. And plus, you know, it's in my house, so, but there is a lovely spider that hangs out out in front of my house, and he makes lovely webs, and it's so funny because I've caught him in my house a couple of times and have moved him back outside, and he tends to understand not to come in the house now because he just makes his little things, and when it gets a little wet, he will actually come towards the house and sit in the the little sill right next to the window, and he's perfectly fine there. I don't have any problem with him, and when the weather dries out generally I'll pick him up on a piece of paper he will literally walk onto the paper so that I can put him back in his web anyways he's my favorite spider 
I know he's a boy spider, but I call him Charlotte anyways. Anyways, back to the story. I'm sorry. I segued into stupidity there. Sorry about that. Anyways, these mysterious spiders were reported as always being found near water sources such as creeks or rivers, and that they were extremely extraordinarily tough. On several occasions, it was claimed that the startled men had opened fire on these massive spiders with their M16s, but that even when riddled with bullets, they still be moving around and scampering about. Of course, this is a completely unverified report, but it certainly makes one think about what sorts of unknown species could be wandering about out there in this jungle, already known to be inhabited by numerous deadly spiders and snakes. And I will say this. If you are into nature programs like I am, they we, there is a program, and I can't remember the name of it off the top of my head, but it's on the Discovery Channel, where they're talking about the Amazon Basin, and that there are thousands of species found in the Amazon Basin every single year that we've never seen before. So, really, how much do we know about our planet? Just saying. Anyways. Speaking of snakes, <laughs> adding to giant spiders are the equally creepy, crawly, giant snakes. And I'm just going to go, you, because I don't like me snakes. Do not like them. Uh Uh-uh, I don't. One photographer riding a helicopter in the Vietnam War claimed that they were flying over a patch of jungle when he noticed something unusual down below. At first, it seemed to be an extremely large, greenish, tube-like thing lying across a winding dirt road out in the middle of nowhere. The photographer then told the pilot to get lower so that he could get a good look as to ascertain what it was. And that is when he could see that whatever it was, moving in an undulating fashion. They circled the strange creature for some time before it was reported that suddenly the thing rose up above the trees and they could see that it was in fact a gargantuan snake of some sort. The snake was said to have a large horse-like head with eyes three feet in diameter and it seemed to be coiling as if in preparation to actually strike out at the helicopter. The entire length of the gigantic serpent was estimated as being well over a hundred feet long. Now, there's more to this story, but I'm going to segue to a personal story. My dad fought in the Vietnam War and never spoke much about it. But when we were moving from Abilene, Texas, um, to another part of Texas, he had some photographs and it was a picture of him and like five of his, hit the guys in his, in his, I guess, platoon next to what looked like a tree trunk. The only time my dad ever told us a story was to tell us about that picture. It wasn't a tree trunk. It was a snake. And it was dead, thank God, because they killed it. This thing was so fucking big. (laughs) Just saying. And I think that's when I started to be scared of snakes. Because, oh my God, that thing was huge. Anyways, back to the regular story. Apparently, this photographer took several pictures of this strange sight. Although, what became of them is unknown. The helicopter reportedly vacated the area for some time. And then returned later to see if the thing was still there. Okay, I'm just going to say if I was that helicopter pilot, I would have been gone long before then and I definitely would not be going back. I don't give a shit who paid me. I don't care. At that time, the colossal snake was purportedly nowhere to be seen, having wandered back off into the impenetrable wilderness. 
Apparently, the photographer would later talk to natives of the area about this experience and learn that they were sp- supposedly ancient snakes wandering the wilderness, there, which were called bull eaters after their ability to kill and swallow full-grown cattle. I'm just going to say that, you know what? This story made me think of my dad's story and that picture. And I called my mother after I finished writing this up and texted her to ask her if she could find that picture. She has been looking for that picture for like two days now. And I hope she finds it because if she does, I swear to God, I'm going to post it for you guys because you will not believe this picture. I thought it was a tree. It's not a tree. Anyways. Other encounters with strange beasts clearly diverge off into more bizarre territory. Presenting creatures that seem to be more than just undiscovered species of some sort, but rather something a bit more mysterious. One such account allegedly occurred on December 17, 1974, when a platoon of soldiers was out on a search-and-destroy mission along a river just north of the DMZ in the early morning hours. The platoon had penetrated through a heavily wooded riverbank to reach a clearing, and it is then that they noticed that the area was strangely silent and devoid of the typical jungle sounds and its incessant drone of insects, animals, and birds. I'm just saying quiet forest is never a good thing. Sensing that this was bad news, a scout was sent ahead to see if enemies were in the vicinity, but nothing was found, not even any tracks. In the meantime, as the eerie, most oppressive silence continued, some piles of what appeared to be dung or poop from some large unidentified animal were found scattered about the clearing. And as the soldiers examined them, they were heard, they heard crashing sounds from the thick brush. The platoon allegedly looked up to see several large humanoid creatures come lumbering out of the trees and brush, which were unlike anything any of them had ever seen. These creatures were estimated as being around 8 feet in height, with a bright yellow coloration and three-fingered hands that ended in wicked-looking talons. The faces of these strange beasts were flat and sported large eyes with only a couple of slits for noses. These giant yellow-skinned beings were reported as passing right by the platoon, seemingly not to even pay any attention to them at all. But when the frightened soldiers began to get out of there, the loud sounds of crashing brush could be heard behind them, and they realized that whatever the creatures had been were following them. As they increasingly unsettled men picked up their pace and broke into a run, the crashing became more frantic and ominous, as if these giants were closing in for the kill. Several of the men reportedly fired their weapons at the pursuers to no apparent effect, with the creatures barely flinching even when hit with armor-piercing rounds. The men were now running as fast as they could towards their boat moored at the riverside, sporadically firing ineffectually behind them as the beasts closed in. They finally reached their boat and beat a hasty retreat, and as they left, they purportedly saw the haunting sight of dozens of these huge humanoids gathered on the shore watching them leave. What in the hell did these men see? Well, we may never know. An equally bizarre account was given by an anonymous U.S. Army corporal in the Vietnam War who claims that he had a very strange encounter in 1970 in an 
in a region of South Vietnam about 30 miles south of the DMZ. According to the man, he had been second in command of a platoon of soldiers and they had just set up a bivouac in a heavily forested area marked with steeped hills. After setting up camp, that evening the platoon engaged in a patrol of a small valley near the camp and detected movement ahead of them. Thinking it might be an enemy patrol, the soldiers hid and waited for around 15 minutes, during which time they continued to witness sporadic, furtive activity through the trees, although visibility was poor and there wasn't enough light to make out who or what was causing it. The movement eventually ceased and the squad warily continued on their mission, with only the light of the full moon to guide them. At some point, the platoon supposedly came across a wall of what appeared to be boulders that had been stacked one on top of another, smack in the middle of a pass between two steep hills. On the side of the sheer wall was a dark opening that looked as if it could be the entrance of a cave, roughly about five feet, five feet high and three feet wide. And when the men drew closer, they could see that the surface of the opening was smooth, as if it had been carefully carved away by hand or bored by machinery of some sort. Although the Viet Cong enemies were well known to utilize tunnels and caves, none of the men had ever seen a cave opening quite like this one. Things got stranger still when they drew nearer and detected a rancid stench coming from the murky blackness within which was described as being so gut-wrenchingly putrid that some of the soldiers felt strongly sick to their stomachs and backed away in revulsion. Lights shone into the maw of the cave did very little to illuminate what lied beyond that dank place or what was producing such an odiferous stench, and it was finally decided that they would fall back to around 150 feet away from the entrance and stake out the entrance for a bit just to see what would happen. As the platoon waited there observing the cave opening, it was noticed that the night was unusually quiet and eerily calm, with a noticeable absence of the usual jungle sounds that should have been all around them. The only thing they could hear was an unidentified, deep, rumbling sound coming, seeming to come from somewhere off in the distance and the whole atmosphere was described as being quite unsettling indeed. They would wait there the entire night without incident, and as dawn approached at 0500, and as the first light made a shy appearance, some movement was finally spied at the darkened cave entrance. The soldiers tensed up at what at first was assumed to be a man emerging from the cave to crouch in the clearing in front of the cave's maw. However, it was soon noticed as it stood up that whatever it was, around seven feet in height, and moved in a very odd manner. The platoon became firmly aware that the thing was not human, just as another came stalking out of the cave, and it was at this time that they were both claimed to start making hellish hissing sounds. As they watched on, it could be discerned that the creatures looked like bipedal humanoid lizards with scaly, shiny skin, described as being so dark as to be practically obsidian black in color. The arms and legs were human-like, but scaly and tipped with claws. The faces had very large, forward-set eyes that were said to look snake-like. 
No tails were visible, and both of the beings were clearly wearing clothing of some sort in the form of dark green robes. What happened next was sudden and abrupt chaos that the witness describes thus, and I quote, No one gave the order. It seemed like the entire squad opened fired at once. Every piece of vegetation between us and them was quickly sheared away. I yelled out a ceasefire order at the same time I was looking in the direction of the cave. There was nothing there. We immediately checked our flank in case these things circled around us, but there was nothing. As we approached the cave, ready to resume action if needed, it became apparent that the beings had escaped, most likely back into the cave. It was soon decided to set charges and close the cave entrance. When we returned to camp, we all seemed to be in a bit of a daze. There was little discussion of the incident, and we were never debriefed, so I know the sergeant never filed a report. Then again, if he did, it was definitely kept quiet by the brass. End quote. It's hard to know how to classify this particular report. Was this just a tall tale? Was it some sort of subterranean lost civilization? Was it aliens? You know my answer to that. It's always aliens. But who knows? One report that does seem to suggest aliens is another case from 1967. On October 12th of that year, a six-man-long range recon patrol was operating in a heavily jungled region near the North Vietnam border. They set up camp at night defense perimeter that evening, with the men taking turns sleeping as the others maintained a lookout for the enemy. At around 1.45 a.m., the leader of the patrol was on watch and claims that he saw movement nearby, after which he woke the other men and they prepared their weapons for a potential firefight. As the patrol geared up and turned their eyes to the dark jungle, a very strange creature emerged from the murk. It was described as looking like a small gray humanoid with enormous black eyes, a long face, and slender arms, which gave off a faint glow that pushed back the clinging darkness around it. One of the men allegedly did not hesitate to fire at the creature, hitting it squarely in the head and sending a bright, brilliant blue syrupy fluid spattering the foliage. At that moment, three lights appeared in the sky to form a perfect triangle before darting off into the night sky. It would later become known that two other recon teams operating in the area had had similar strange encounters that evening and that headquarters were claiming that it was hard to keep radio contact due to some sort of communications disturbance. Aliens or just a tall tale? You know my answer. Aliens. Some strange accounts from the war are a bit harder to classify, and one of these is certainly the case of what has come to be no- mostly known as the Bird Woman of Da Nang, and was most famously recounted by John Keel in his Mothman Prophecies, in which he credits his source as being FSR Case Histories number 10, June 1972. In the summer of 1969, a private first class of the Marine Corps by the name of Earl Morrison was sitting on top of a bunker near Da Nang with two others on guard duty when they claimed to have seen something unlike anything they had ever experienced before. At first, it started as a weird glow in the sky, the source indiscernible, but as it drew closer, they could make out what it was some sort of flying humanoid with bat-like wings. 
As it slowly moved closer, certain features could be ascertained. The creature seemed to be in the form of a naked woman with flowing long hair and totally black skin that cast an eerie greenish glow around it. The entity was described as being completely silent and as flying very slowly and purposefully. Morrison would say of the odd sight, and I quote, There was a glow on her and around her. Everything glowed. Looked like she glowed and threw off a radiance. We saw her arms toward the wings and they looked like regular molded arms, each with a hand and fingers and everything, but they had skin from the wings going over them. And when she flapped her wings, there was no noise at first. It looked like her arms didn't have any bones in them because they were limber just like a bat. End quote. The strange entity inexorably came closer as the shocked men looked on, unsure of what to do, until it was hovering a mere six or seven feet above their heads, so close that she blotted out the moon. None of them knew what to do and all they could do was to stare with mouths open, trying to make sense of what they were seeing. The entire time they could hear no sound from the creature, and it was not until she was continuing on her way that they could make out the faint sound of her wings flapping. The entire encounter was reported as lasting between three and four minutes. Interestingly, Vietnam folklore speaks of what are referred to as night flyers, which are winged humanoids usually described as being women and which are said to swoop down to attack the unwary. The Vietnam War was certainly a time of great turmoil and horror for the people who served there. Here, among all of the wartime experiences, there are truly represented the full range of the human emotional spectrum. Yet, buried within tales, the death and scattered about the numerous accounts of fighting, heroism, and atrocity are some tales that seem to transcend the usual war stories to firmly entrench themselves into the realm of the truly bizarre. Besides the human monsters of war, there seems to be these cases which point to very literal monsters indeed. We know that armed conflict can be a turbulent time full of strangeness, but cases like these show that it can be even stranger than we may first may, we may at first think, and that lodged within the history we know of are dark things that go bump in the night, and which defy explanation to remain conundrums upon the bloody landscape of war. And with that, we've come to the end of the episode. I thank you for joining me here today, and I hope you'll take some time to reach out to me and share your thoughts on what you think about today's episode. You can always reach me and the show at darkenigmapodcast at gmail.com. And if you have a suggestion for a future show, you just want to tell me what you think, you're bored and you need somebody to talk to, drop me a line because I do reply to every single email. And on that note, that's all the time I have for you this evening. I thank you for joining me here on Renegade Talk Radio. And you guessed it, don't forget to tune in next time. See you, my heathens. I love you. We don't sugarcoat shit. This is Renegade Talk Radio. Renegade Talk Radio.